when you offer math classes or STEM courses and you aren't encouraging your students, especially the minorities, that, you know, hey, you can do it. Or when they're struggling, instead of them, them convincing themselves, hey, I don't think I can do this. I don't think this is meant for me. I can write better. You should tell them, hey, this is just a part of the process. This struggling is very common in STEM. Men do it. Women do it. Everyone does it. But it's a part of the process and, you know, it's totally normal and you aren't alone. And I think that because... Hello, welcome to Tech Talks. I'm your host, Madonna. In this episode, I have the opportunity to speak to Umar, a passionate fast-gen undergraduate student at the University of Maryland. Tune in to gain insight on navigating tech landscape, breaking barriers and fostering inclusivity. Join us as Uma shares a high experience as an accomplished public speaker who has engaged with over 5,000 individuals globally as she brings a unique perspective on tech mentorship and diversity. So today we have Uma on our show and I'm super, super excited to have Uma join us. Uh, for visuals, I'm actually wearing a green top. My hair is laid back and I have headphones on. And I'm always smiling because I'm in, I'm happy to always speak to my guests. How about you, Ume? Yeah, I'm wearing this silk um, top and this necklace my sister-in-law got me and just my hair down. Um, yeah, this is like my pretty casual outfit and I love being on Zoom because then I don't have to make, I can wear sweatpants and no one's ever going to know. Three points. So I have sweatpants. <laughs> But I just want to say you look stunning as always. I mean, Uma, pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so can you start by introducing yourself, Uma? Yeah, so I'm Ume Habiba. I'm a student at Maryland studying information and computer science. I'm a first-generation immigrant and uh, college student. So I came here, I immigrated here with my uh, parents when I was really young. And uh, I pretty much had to like build everything, get an education on my own. And, you know, I didn't really have anything to fall back on. So, you know, getting into a good school or getting scholarships is very important to me and I think that really solidified my um my motivation to always do well in school and always like try my best and I think it's carried me very well throughout college and hopefully after college well I feel like you've not mentioned everything about you because you're so amazing you're doing super cool stuff but we might cover that as we go on but I just want to mention to our listeners Uma is a superstar I've seen you doing super cool stuff with Code with Cozy and also just by yourself, which is super cool. Do you want to talk to us more about just your engagement with the computer science and what way are, we, are, you, are you using to try to bridge the gap? Because I know that as computer science students and also first generation, there's a lot of challenges that we experience. So I'd like to hear what are your challenges? How are you navigating that? And how are you? Are you I think you're a Gen Z, if I'm not wrong. Right. Yeah. Yes. So how is Gen Z taking the corporate world too? I know those are many questions, but let me know if you need me to be. Yeah, definitely. So uh, to to kind of answer your first question, I first took my computer, uh, my very first computer science class back in high school. 
and it was I it was an AP computer science course I'm sure a lot of high schoolers know about it I took principles and computer science a the same year but my AP computer science a teacher was a woman and I think in that sense I got so incredibly lucky because when I started to have questions like hey why am I the only girl out of a classroom of like 40 kids and and I had a lot of concerns I knew I could go to her because she would understand my frustration so when I first started to have those questions um, in my computer science classes she was the one who really I would say started my entire journey, not only in computer science, but with advocacy and um, wanting to bridge that gap in tech. Mm -hmm. And so through her, I was able to start, you know, small clubs at my school, like girls in STEM. I started a girls who code chapter at my school. Um, and, and it was all really to combat this issue that I saw was very prevalent in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And then once I got to college, I, I began to realize that it wasn't only in school that this gender gap existed. When I got my very first internship as a software engineer, I realized that, hey, I'm the only girl on, on this intern team. Why is that so? And I I quickly realized that, hey, this this is a much more serious problem than just the classroom. It exists in the corporate world, in the real world, and there needs to be something done about it. Mm -hmm. And something that I've always really enjoyed doing is teaching. And I don't know, it's it's just like that side of me that I just I love being with people. I love being with kids and I love seeing them grow as learners and as human beings. And mm -hmm. I, I just love seeing that growth. And so that part of me has always really stuck. Mm -hmm. And Code of Classy is an organization that um, teaches gender expansive youth and women uh, or young uh, women how to mm -hmm. code around the world through their summer coding camps. Um, and so I was first a scholar back in the summer of 2018. And I think nice. that that was truly the start of it all. Um, I became an, became an instructor assistant uh, for a couple summers after that, uh, which basically means I helped teach those camps, build community, and really just bring that code of classy magic. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, the year after that, which was last year, I became an intern for the first time. And my intern position was revolving around curriculum development and also training instructional leaders. And that is very, very important to me because I truly think that bridging this gap starts from the classroom as early as elementary school, as early as middle school. You don't have to, even if you don't offer computer science classes in school, when you offer math classes or STEM courses and you aren't encouraging your students, especially the minorities, that, you know, hey, you can do it. Or when they're struggling, instead of them, them convincing themselves, hey, I don't think I can do this. I don't think this is meant for me. I can write better. You should tell them, hey, this is just a part of the process. Yeah. This struggling is very common in STEM. Men do it. Women do it. Everyone does it. But it's a part of the process and, you know, it's totally normal and you aren't alone. And I think that because so many kids feel alone in that sense, that's mm -hmm. why when they get older, whether it's in middle school or high school, they already kind of have their minds made up like, hey, 
I'm really like a language mm-hmm. arts person. I'm more of a humanities person. I'm not really a STEM person. And and to, like up until that point, there's a really low chance you can you can change their decision. Mm-hmm. And so one of the beauties of Code of Classy is they target um young people from the ages of 13 to 18. Mm-hmm. And they they have such a tremendous impact that mm-hmm. a lot of people come into these camps with their minds kind of already made up. Like, hey, yeah. I know for a fact I'm going to go to medical school. Mm-hmm. I'm going to major in biology. I'm going to do this. That has nothing to do with computer science. That's but by true. the end of camps, not only because they've learned so much, but because they've had such an uplifting environment, a lot of them actually switch. and they And they say, hey, I can actually code. I can actually be a CS major and I can actually become a software engineer. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I continue going back to mm-hmm. Code of Classy and giving back to organizations like that, because I myself have seen the impact that they have. Mm-hmm. And it, it aligns with my mission a lot. Um, I, Although I am a aspiring software engineer, I've done software engineering internships that part of me that wants to bridge that gap will always stay no matter what full-time job I'm doing. And whether it's giving back to an organization like Code of Classy or doing something that's a part of my company, uh, being in an employee resource group, I know that I'm always going to work towards that because I do think that it's possible to bridge that gap. I don't know if in my lifetime, but I think that we're headed in the right direction. And a lot of people are finally taking initiative, which is so important. Wow. That is so well said. And I just want to say, I see so much light when you speak about this topic and I'm so proud of you. And that's why I really wanted you to be in our podcast because this is what other people need to hear. Young people, people who are grown up too, and people who are already like in their early age careers, like tapping into this young talent at an early age. I'm also a firm believer that it has to start at high schools, not just wait until it's very late. No, it has to start at high school. So I'm very with you there. Now, according to research, I think that the 8% of women choose computer science as their major. That's a very low number as compared to 53% of men. Now, the other biggest problem is, even though women choose that particular path, 27% decide to quit because it's not so welcoming once you even get in. And I wonder, especially this is something that I've noticed and I think everybody is seeing it now. The tech industry definitely is not in a good place right now. And then we have a lot of um, gig economy. By gig economy, I mean, as a young person as you, it's easy for you to go viral on, let's say, TikTok or YouTube or Instagram and just have your own life where you can make a lot of money, like millions through just views. So the question for me for you is, as a Gen Z, do you think the corporate ladder career is worth it? Or what do you think of the gig economy and the corporate career? I would like to hear your perspective on this. If it's very hard, let me know. <laughs> oh my, I've never actually thought about that. This um, this is a very good question. Um, but in my opinion, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I, I think that whether or not you choose to work in corporate, I think that having a degree and, and education is important. Um, I know a lot of people when they even get viral for just a little bit, for a few months, 
they quickly get this mindset, hey, I don't need to go to college. I can just build my career off of this, which you can. You 100% can. But the the other side to it is that it's not going to last forever. And, you know, as someone who is in Gen Z, I, I look on TikTok a lot and I watch a lot of people talk about, hey, I'm an influencer right now. Influencing isn't a job that I can have for the rest of my life because it's not going to be a job that exists for the rest of your life. Yeah. And so when when that doesn't exist anymore, what do you fall back on? You know, mm-hmm. what do you what do you do after that? I mean, if you think of it in terms of your resume, you mm-hmm. only have influencing. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, you can say, hey, I partnered with this brand, I partnered with that brand, but especially in a job market like we have today where it's already yeah. hard to find a job um, mm-hmm. and you already have to have, I don't know, a million things on your resume. Mm-hmm. If, you know, say influencing doesn't exist anymore and you're looking for a job and you have a job market like it is today, mm-hmm. I would say you're kind of screwed. And yeah. unless you have an education or some sort of basis to go off of, I truly don't know if you would be successful in the real mm-hmm. world. And mm-hmm. so that's why you know, even if you get 5 million followers, 10 million followers on social media platforms, even if you decide to do online school, it doesn't matter what college you go to. It doesn't matter where you get your degree from. But I think having that degree is so important and something that a lot of people tend to forget because Mm -hmm. my, my brother says this a lot, but college teaches you how to think. And I'm going to be so honest, seeing some of these influencers who've never gone to college, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, start their own podcasts and just start talking. You can very much tell, you know, they haven't really gotten real real world experience. They haven't really been out to the real world and and gotten to know people and gotten to see different things. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the beauties of college and just education in general that, you know, being an influencer just can't teach you. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's definitely something that, you know, people can do and you know, they should do if they have the opportunity to, but I, I don't think to they should be shutting down getting a degree or having an education. I mean, who knows, maybe down the line, you're going to need a nine to five to sustain your life and to sustain what yeah. you have going on. And if you don't have a degree, I, I would say most companies nowadays, yes. they will hire you. Yeah. Well, that's a great point. <laughs> I am out of words because this is so amazing that you put it that way. And again, I'm just going to say I'm a firm believer of, I've seen also this debate a lot on Twitter that you don't need a degree to do computer science, but you're right. Many companies right now are falling back on that. Like if you don't have a degree, it's a cutoff, especially with this market. For instance, if somebody comes and they have a degree and they have all those experience, who's going to be considered first? the person that has a degree. So I think a degree is very important in um, any career aspect, to be sincere. And to me, I think education is also very important. You're right about influencing part. You can still do influencing as your part-time and also do it as long as you want, but it's not like a full, like a yearly, not a yearly thing, but like a forever thing. You can be an influencer forever because this product will look for someone new and someone maybe younger to work with. Wow, that's pretty amazing. The only thing I see maybe is an influencer going into maybe acting. (laughs) And that one also, it's competitive. It's not easy. Yeah. So pretty amazing point. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
I'm very, very excited to have you again. Now, I want to shift gears a little bit and just ask you about community. And I want to, what really sparks for you in a community? And do you think forming a community is important and being a community is important, especially for young people in college? Yes. Oh my gosh. I definitely think it's so important. And I can talk about my personal experience um, Mm -hmm. just at the beginning of college to now. Um, Like I mentioned before, I am an information science major, but I'm also minoring in computer science. I didn't start out college that way. I started out college as a computer science major. Uh, I didn't really know what information science was, but I knew that I wanted to get a CS degree. And when I when I went into college, I had no friends in computer science. All of my friends that were computer science were uh, they bypassed all of the beginner courses. So they were already way ahead of me. And so I knew that I, I had to make my own friends in computer science because I I knew that I wouldn't be able to get through the major without just having at least a couple friends. Mm-hmm. And so. For the the better part of the first two years of my college experience, I struggled so much finding friends and finding a community. I remember, you know, even just asking my peers questions. Hey, you know, what what do you think I did wrong here? What do you like, what do you recommend I do different? They they just would ignore me. They would tell me to go to someone else. They would say, hey, don't ask me, go ask in a group chat. And, and I quickly realized, hey, I, this is, this is so hard. This is so, this is such a cutthroat environment. And it's so hard to, to have friends in this major, just to make friends that you don't come into college with. And so after my second year of college, I decided to switch because I still hadn't made any friends in computer science because nobody wanted to be my friend. Nobody wants to be each other's friends because it's such a it's such a free for all kind of environment that everyone's already so like they're competing for different internships. They're competing for different jobs. And they think that, hey, if I'm friends with you, if I help you, you're Mm going to beat me. You're going to beat me to that internship. And and that mentality, I think, is so toxic. And I'm sure so many other top CS schools also have have that sort of environments surrounding them and so you know I decided to switch and making the switch was the best thing for my mental health because I was struggling in my classes but I had no one to turn to I had no one to go to ask help for I would go to ask help with the TAs or you know sometimes get tutoring but even they would get tired of me like nobody actually wanted to help me and so Finding a community outside of of Maryland and finding a community outside of the computer science department at Maryland was so important for me, not only as, you know, a woman in tech, but as someone who did eventually want a job in tech and wanted a software engineering job. And so that's what I love about Code of Classy, again, is because they one of the biggest parts of Code of Classy besides their coding camps is their community. They have an alumni network, I think, of over 10,000 alums. And everyone, every single person that you ever talk to from that from that organization um, or, you know, someone who has taken their camps or is an alumni always wants to help. They, mm-hmm. they will always be there to help you. They will always be there to be there for you. 
because they they themselves understand what it's like being a woman in tech and being a woman in CS. And so I I found myself going to a lot of the alums and a lot of my friends that I've made from the org a lot. Hey, you know, I am struggling. I sometimes I I, I still feel like I'm struggling because as someone who, you know, is going to be a software engineer intern again this summer, some an, another part of me always wonders, hey, do I even belong in this in this position? Because I'm not even a computer science major. There are mm-hmm. so many people that are computer science majors that want these jobs. I feel like I feel like I'm, you know, in a way like an imposter. I, I don't know if I really belong in that in that space because I'm not even in the major anymore, you know? And mm-hmm. I think having a community like Code of Klossy or 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 like a female empowerment group where people will understand your struggles is so important because they'll make sure that those thoughts quickly go away. <laughs> they'll oh make my sure goodness. They'll tell you, hey, you know, these are all just, you know, you overthinking. Yeah. Don't worry about it. No one else thinks that's just you. You're the person who's hardest on yourself. And yeah. I think having that reassurance is something mm-hmm. that's gotten me to keep going um, my last two years of college. Well, I just want to say you belong. And it's so amazing just listening to you. And I can relate to that particular experience, especially in my early careers. And it's very sad that what you said is so true. And actually, even at work, it's the same experience. So for me, the experience was more similar, where it's a bit toxic at work, where everybody is just like they're looking for something. It's a next promotion. It's a next leveling up, you know? People don't have time to help. And it brings up to, it brings up a very concern of mine that I had. I remember back in the days working for this company, I got a review that I asked so many questions. I mean, mind you, we, I thought asking questions was a good thing, but I got a review that she asks a lot of questions. That really shattered me. It's the same thing you're talking about where you don't have anybody to ask questions because if you ask, they're going to write on your review that you ask a lot of questions. So it's pretty sad. That's, and I feel like maybe this is something that also us as humans have adapted to where it's more about competition. We're not even thinking of other people. And that's why I feel like communities really play a big part. Because like you mentioned, once you found your community, you found this place where you felt safe. It's the same thing with me. Once I found my community, I felt safer. I felt I could share with other women because we all experience the same. Hmm. I'm wondering if I could speak to an ally to just get if they go through the same because this is so I mean you're from a different generation I'm from a different generation and we're going through the same thing can you imagine yeah and and I think it's so funny that you mentioned the question thing because that exact thing happened to me like at one of my internships at the beginning of the internship they tell you ask questions. It shows that you have a growth mindset. It shows that you want to learn. And in my head, I, I think, okay, I, I need to ask as many questions as I can. I, I want to learn as much as I can. And and that's what I did. I asked a lot of questions and I will admit I asked a lot of questions, but that's yeah. because they told me to ask a lot of questions. And towards the end of my internship, my mentor hops on a call with me last yeah. minute. He sends me a Slack message. Hey, you know, can you hop on a call right now? And I and I think, oh my gosh, what's what's wrong? What's up? I, I I was really stressed. And he said, Can you stop asking so many questions? We all have full-time jobs too. And I and I'm like, I I, I didn't okay, I'm know. sorry to laugh, but that's that's yeah. the same. 
Oh it's my insane. God. It's crazy. My jaw was on the floor. I, I, I was like, I cannot believe this is happening to me right now. I because this is exactly what you all told me to do, and I'm doing that, and there's a problem. And so I, I had that mindset where, you know, I had a growth mindset. I wanted to learn as much. Then I quickly realized that they, they just say that to say it. They, and, you know, we as women, we can never win. Because I bet if, you know, on the other hand, my male counterpart, who was also an intern, asked a lot of questions. I am sure that he would never get scolded for asking a lot of questions. And I think it it just sucks because, you know, it's something that obviously happens everywhere that it's crazy to me that it even happened to you because I thought I was the only one that's happened to. And now that makes me feel so much better. I mean, I'm so shocked that you said the same thing. And it was the same with me. And mind you, I, I was in the middle, middle, of, not very early in my career, but just middle. Like, I wouldn't say like I am right now. But it really shocked me a lot because I thought it's okay to ask questions. And everywhere you go, even talks, even when people give in talks, they're like, ask questions, ask questions. But then go ask those questions. Somebody's going to say, you ask too many questions. And you're like, so what am I supposed to do? Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I didn't even know we shared similar experiences. But I think, I bet you if we shared the same stories, somebody else would say me too. So it's pretty mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. Well, it's been amazing speaking to you. I want us to continue to stay connected. I'm here to support your journey. We have an amazing community right now, so I'm so super excited. As a tech talks with Madonna, you became an you become an illuminati. <laughs> so I'm so super super excited. So thank you so much for sharing with us, and I hope you inspired others. And I will just ask you for last words. Where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Because with all these shared experiences, I feel like we just need each other. Because right now, if somebody asked me questions at work, I would never. I feel like women are more empathetic because I would never say you ask too many questions. I want to mm-hmm. know. And then maybe, so the other thing that I always employ is if I see somebody asking questions, I want to know where they struggle and how can I help? How can I give more resources? Instead of just saying, hey, you asked so many questions, but you've not given a solution, you know? Like, mm-hmm. tell me why you think I ask so many questions or give me a solution. But for mm-hmm. them, they're like, oh, yeah, you can do that. They, you, Yeah, but then you go back and try to fix it and come back and they're like, oh, no, no, but I said you can do this. You didn't even offer any resources or follow-up. It's so, so sad. Yeah, but everyone can find me on LinkedIn. I mm-hmm. respond to my DMs very often and I also mm-hmm. have like a Calendly. So yeah. if anyone has any questions, wants to talk about anything over a coffee chat, please, please, please reach out. I mentor so many college students and and I've also recently started to mentor people who are already in their careers, like, nice. you know, 10, 15 years into their careers that want to break into tech. So um, I'm always here uh, as a resource and as someone that you can ask any questions to. So please reach out. Amazing. This is all rounded from I'm a millennium. You're a Gen Z. <laughs> we share so similar experiences. I think we need to make it better. Thank you so much for being part of Tech Tech. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>